Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome into the Pulse of St. Louis. I'm Mike Colombo in for Shirley Washington. This week, our discussion will focus on sickle cell disease. It is the most common inherited blood disorder in the United States. Nearly 100,000 people of various racial and ethnic backgrounds are living with sickle cell disease, most of whom are African or Latino descent. This topic is also timely because September is National Sickle Cell Awareness Month. And to educate us on that topic today, we are pleased to be joined by Reverend Cedric Portis, Sr. of the American Red Cross. He also chairs the Greater St. Louis Dr. Charles Drew Advisory Board and works to educate the community on the importance of blood donation. Next to him is Rosemary Britz. She's also with the American Red Cross and worked with the Dr. Charles Drew Blood Program for many years, also the founder of the Sickle Cell Association to help spread awareness about the disease. And we would also like to welcome Tiara Norris. She is the mother of two who lives with sickle cell anemia, SS. We thank you all for being here. This is an incredibly important subject, and September truly is the best time to talk about it because we are drawing awareness this month. Yes. So, Reverend, I'll start with you. And I would just like the most layman way you can possibly do it, explain to our viewers what sickle cell is. Well, insofar as the disease itself is where your blood cell cells are shaped like a sickle and they don't flow as as they would if they were round and they get caught and clumped together and they cause pain and in order to um, to get relief from that pain you're going to need a blood transfusion and that's the most layman way I can put it and we're going to talk about the importance of those blood transfusions in a moment. But, Tiara, I want to go to you next to talk about what it's like for someone living with this disease. Because as you join us here today, you look great, you sound great, we're happy that you're here. But looks can often be deceiving, and you can be really suffering. Tell us what it's like to live with sickle cell. It can be um, misleading, but living with sickle cell, it's a daily struggle because I do have two little ones. So... The most thing that I struggle with is keeping my um, energy high, especially for my little ones, as well as my um, transfusions and keeping my pain under control on a daily basis, and um, as well as eating the right foods and drinking plenty of fluids. Okay, so we continue to talk, you mentioned it, the Reverend mentioned it, blood transfusions. Regular blood transfusions are often a critical treatment for sickle cell disease, and that makes the need for blood donors incredibly important. All blood types are needed. Type O and B blood donors are critically needed right now. Rosemary, tell us why we are at such critical levels for those particular types. Well, for sickle cell disease, it's always at a critical level. We need individuals of diverse backgrounds to donate on a regular basis in order to help individuals, as Tiara stated. Uh, Dr. I'm sorry, Reverend Portis, uh, talked about how the blood cells turn into sickle shapes and get stuck in the blood vessels. So if you donate whole blood 
and we are able to do a transfusion for someone that has sickle cell, it gives them that relief because they have the whole blood running through their body instead of the sickle cells. So we need a diverse population to donate on a regular basis. And someone who is living with this disease may need how many transfusions a year? And you know, you think about that and then add in the importance of why so much blood is needed because there's a lot of people who are dealing with this. That's correct. So you can receive a blood transfusion about every month. So about every four to six, six weeks, someone could use a blood transfusion. And because it's important that you receive a blood transfusion from someone like you, and being that a majority of the population are of African and Latino descent, as, a, as you stated, it is important that we have those populations donate even more in order to help individuals with sickle cell. Tierra, what has your personal experience been as it relates to the transfusions? So I am on um, blood transfusions every three to four months. So every three to four months I receive one, well, I receive, every three to four months I receive two to three units of blood. So in the past, those blood transfusions have helped save my life. So when you are due for a transfusion, mm -hmm. it's definitely something that you can feel where you know it's time to replenish the system. Yeah, so it's more so of a scheduled thing for me um, to receive them that often. And when it's time to receive them, I get really low energy. So it's hard to kind of go on a daily basis and not have energy. So those have really helped bring me up. Excellent. This really needs to be a community effort, and we'll go back to you, Reverend, to talk about why it is so important for area organizations, whether it be schools, churches, <coughs> businesses, civic groups. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to get an all-hands-on-deck approach here to doing whatever can be done to add to this blood supply to help the people in our community who are suffering. In the United States, we live in a first-world country, and with that comes with some assumptions. The assumption is if I have a... Um, a situation where I need blood, that it will be readily available. Well, it's an unrealistic expectation if you are not donating that it's going to be there. Um, this is a revelation that I had, um, had a motorcycle accident over 20 years ago, and I needed several units of blood. And afterwards, I wondered, you know, where did that blood come from? And because we don't, we, we can't manufacture blood. We can have all the money in the world, but we can't pay to manufacture blood. It has to come from uh, human beings. Therefore, it's, it's, it's a problem that everyone uh, needs to take very seriously. If you're come, going into a hospital situation where you're going to need blood, you need to be very much a, a proponent of it being there. And Rosemary, with the work that both you and the Reverend have done for the American Red Cross, the importance of educating donors on the general requirements to give blood is really essential to all blood drives, but particularly as it relates to sickle cell. Why is that? That's correct. So we need individuals to go to the website and take a look at uh, the way that you're eating and uh, what is important in donating so that you're prepared to donate. So you can't wait the night before and say, okay, I'm gonna eat right or I'm gonna put down that caffeine. Uh, you need to prepare ahead of time and be prepared uh, because you will be deferred and we actually need 
those donations. And so when you're turned away, then that's a blood donation that wasn't used to help someone. If you could just pinpoint a couple of things quickly here that people should keep in mind if they are interested in donating, what would those things be? I would say to eat your iron-rich foods, stay away from the caffeine, drink as much water as possible. And Tiara, you are a perfect example of someone who is living a full life right now despite the fact that you are fighting this disease. Uh, what would be your message to anybody watching or listening right now if they're kind of on the fence about whether or not they should donate because you've seen in your own life how important it is? So like I said before, these blood transfusions have helped save my life plenty of times. So I would say think about your family members and if you were one, um, one of your family members' life saved one day, what would you do? So do the same for others. Reverend, you guys have several events coming up that are of utmost importance as it relates to not only educating people, but also blood drives. Uh, walk me through some of those events that you're here to promote. Well, um, first of all, I want to say this. Um, it doesn't need to just be a one-time donation. But what we're looking for is, is partners, individuals, to become uh, regular blood donors as a lifestyle. You can donate, I, I think it's um, every 56 days. That's um, so put it as a part of your calendar, it's a part of you being a, a good neighbor, uh, taking care of, of other human beings, uh, because they're going to be instrumental in taking care of you as well. All right, excellent, thank you. And let's talk about some of those events. Friday, September 13th, at the SLU Bush Student Center, an event there from noon until 7, and then Monday, September 23rd, at Lewis and Clark College, the Black Student Union there, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Those are some of the Red Cross events. Now, as it relates to the Sickle Cell Association events, Friday, September 20th, the Sickle Cell Documentary Screening at Christian Hospital Northeast will take place at 6 p.m., and then September 28th, Committed to the Cause Gala, all important events to mark on the calendar as we look ahead at how we can help people in the St. Louis area and beyond who are living with this disease. I thank you all for your time and your expertise. Continue the good work. Thank you. Thank you. All right, very good. Still ahead here on the Pulse of St. Louis, are you your sister's keeper? Ahead, the local group helping teen girls define themselves and work with others to make a difference in their communities. We'll be right back. To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for The Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome back to The Pulse of St. Louis. I'm Mike Colombo in for Shirley Washington this week. Our next segment features an organization focused on empowering girls to define their voices, understand the value of self-awareness, academic excellence, and promoting positive community engagement. The group is called Sista Keeper, and we are excited to have its founder, Tracy Barry McGee, with us, as well as its project manager, Yolanda Langford, and mentor, Jasmine Thomas. We thank you all for being here today. Thank you, thank you for having us. Of course. All right. First and foremost, what inspired you to start this? Well, I'm a licensed therapist. I have a private practice as well as the nonprofit Sister Keeper. Um, it was started in 2002 in my basement. Um, the reason why is simply because there were issues in our community that we needed to address when it came to self-esteem. I have two daughters that were in elementary and middle school and really trying to define themselves from the inside out. And when I realized that that was an issue for them, I knew that there was an issue for myself when I was growing up dealing with bullying, an issue for other girls in the community, and I thought, I need to be a part of that solution. 
So all of those ideas, incredibly important. The mission, incredibly important. But putting it into action is a whole <laughs> other ball of wax. Yes. How does this grow from your basement to the heights that it's reached now? So it was important for me to develop a format. And for me, that started when I was a little girl journaling. I know the importance of literacy because my mom put a journal in my hand. And a lot of women know about how you get this journal with the key. Yes. Yes. And you yes. write in it and you write all of your goals and your dreams and you say, like, do not enter. And so I started writing out the plan and just start listening to my spirit and decided this is what needed to happen. So we created um, conferences and summits and and we went into schools and I created curricula that I could take into schools and do school-based programming, community-based programming. And it literally went from my basement to local to schools to national and global. And it all happened because I just listened to that voice inside of me and I knew how it was important for girls to then listen to themselves. And what are some of these issues, Yolanda, facing young women these days? And have they changed from 10 years, 20 years, 30 years ago? Well, I would say that they're very similar issues because we're young ladies and women. However, I feel that the social media impact has changed the game. And so I'm a mother of two daughters also. And when I was growing up, um, I had friends and we had a few issues and normally we would be able to talk them out, but that social media footprint doesn't disappear. So when you make up, other people may not have seen that you've made up and it continues to grow. So what Tracy is doing is teaching our young ladies how to handle the social media footprint. And as you know, it can follow you into adulthood your jobs, your education. So we have to teach them early, and that's what we're doing with our different summits. Jazz, what have you seen as far as some of the response to these issues are when you see, okay, we've got our toolbox here. We know how we can begin to try to fix this, but the implementation of those things can be very difficult, and the, in, the, negative, the negativity isn't necessarily going away. So you're trying to fix something that's still broken in some right. ways. What has been your experience? Well, for me, it's really all about that personal development. You have to really know what to react to, right? And that's what I think something that we do teach the girls is that when you know who you are, you know what to respond to, you know how to even receive criticism or you know if someone is being negative to you, okay, I define me. That's not what I say about myself. That's not what Miss Jazz taught me or what Miss Tracy taught me. Um, so it's, it really goes all into that me being empowered and knowing who I am so that I can take a front and a stand when someone is telling me something the opposite of what, you know, what I know I am on either social media or even in school, so. Young men can be traditionally stubborn, hard-headed, uh, perhaps not that I'm speaking from experience here, but, you know, not necessarily willing to take the advice that's given to them or the practices that are maybe given to them to deal with certain things. Do you find that to be a challenge with young women sometimes? And is this whole social media having maybe, is that making it any more difficult? Oh, it's definitely making it difficult. It's a challenge because girls are natural communicators. And a lot of times we ruminate on certain issues that we may not need to focus on. And so I think the key for us is that 
our organization is called Sister Keeper with the A. And it means that I may not be your biological sister, but I am your sister. The A also <laughs> means it's all girls, because people often ask, is Sister Keeper just for African-American girls? And I tell them all the time, no, it's for all girls. And when we say all girls, we mean all girls of color. And they say, what do you mean color? Black, white, tall, short, thick or thin, cantaloupe skin, just open up your multicultural Crayola box. If you find your color, that means your sister or brother. And it brings about diversity and leadership and character building skills. So when you have mentoring wellness circles and you have different women that are communicating with these girls, they realize that these women are being authentic and they're being real. And many times, that's all that girls are looking for is someone to talk to them. Because they talk to the boys and the boys appear to be listening, but they're not really listening. There's a goal there. And so it's important for them to see the value of being around other women that, that they can openly share and talk to. Yeah, that diversity piece is incredibly important, I think. Are people of different backgrounds culturally, uh, diversity-wise, dealing with different things? And how does learning about what each different person has going on in their lives make things better? I always say we are more alike than we are different. Yes. And I think that when we bring all the girls together, as she said, different nationalities, different races, they can see that. When we're separate, they cannot connect. But once they're all together in the room and someone says, I have that issue, I have that issue also, they realize we are more alike yeah. than we are different. We have more in common. And Jazz, maybe using that idea to kind of head off some issues that can take place yeah. between races. I know that this can be an issue in our schools mm -hmm. and yes. it starts young and goes all the way into old age for some people. Definitely. So. It's really about knowing your differences and appreciating, mm -hmm. honoring that difference that you see in your sister or your brother, you know, so. Yes. And hopefully using the younger generation to maybe teach the older generation some things about, you know, we have changed a lot. Yes, there are some have. things that are still not good as it relates to race in our world, but if we can get this younger, younger generation to be that change that we want to see, yes. how important that could be. Yes. And in our programs, we have culturally diverse curricula because they're so important for us to show what that looks like for everybody to be involved. Um, the goal also is social emotional learning. Our kids can be mentally ready, but if they're dealing with trauma and they're not able to process, process that socially, then there's going to be a gap. But when we can bring all that together, then we understand the value of accepting ourselves. I can't accept you if I don't accept myself first. But if I accept myself, I can be true to myself and then I can be true to you. So I gotta be a sister to myself first before I can be a keeper to you. Let's talk a little bit about the 2019 Be A Keeper Teen Girls Summit Tours. Hey. Partnering hey. with universities. Yes. <laughs> all preparing for the 2020 tour that will take place in various cities. People who are gonna experience this, what is it that they're gonna find? So, um, number one, it's all about self-awareness. So we are bringing all of these girls on various college campuses so they can experience knowing who they are and being able to say, I can be here. It's about promoting academic excellence as well as being a part of the community. So we're bringing speakers in from the community, women leaders. We have every college campus, we have girls that are on that campus that are part of panel discussions, as well as girls doing breakout sessions, and we have swag and t-shirts and all kind of cool things. And these girls come from all over, and literally every college campus we've been going to, we're selling out. That's incredible. That topic of self-awareness, I think, is so important 
I feel like if there is a issue with someone that I have, it's usually me taking issue with their wow. lack of self-awareness. Yes. yes, it is. And maybe I need to look in the mirror sometimes as well and say, maybe I'm not being the most self-aware person. <laughs> yes. Maybe I'm doing something to elicit this behavior in them. Yeah. How do we deal with self-awareness? How do we teach proper self-awareness, Yolanda? Well, we teach the young ladies to look inward, mm -hmm. but we give them the tools to look inward. And once they have the tools, they're able to build relationships with other people. And I think that um, one other aspect that we have that we haven't touched base on is financial literacy. Yes. That is so important for our young people to learn. We have so many young entrepreneurs, which is a wonderful thing, but all young people need to learn financial literacy, and that will help them as they get older. And that I've found as I've gotten older is one of those things that, yeah, you learn a little bit maybe along the way, but it's a continuing education thing. Mm -hmm. yes. And then practicing that self-awareness. I love the phrase, practice makes perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. Yes. That is, knowing what to do is one thing, but knowing the right way to do it and making sure that you're doing it time after time, incredibly yes. important as well. Yes, it is. It's wellness, it's the whole girl. Yes. So we focus on mental, spiritual, financial, emotional, social. All of those things are a part of that toolkit that girls can take with them and say, now I feel like I'm a keeper because I'm, I'm whole. And who does not want to be whole that's a big issue for, for a lot of girls in our community. Absolutely. I also want to talk about the International Day of the Girl Symposium, the I Define Me Girl Walk held at the Missouri History Museum. That will take place on October 11th Yes. this year, 8 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Also, the Be a Keeper Teen Girls Summit at Washington University on the 14th. That is already sold out. Yes. yes. That's yes. incredible. We're excited. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. The Thank Be you. a Keeper Teen Girls Summit at Harris Stowe State University on Saturday, November 2nd, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Register on Eventbrite for that. And then the Empowerment Center is, of course, located at 3633 Marietta Drive, Suite C, Florissant, Missouri. For anybody out there who is going to see this, wherever they see it, uh, what would be your advice to them if they want to get involved as either a mentor or if they see a young woman in their life and think this would be perfect for her? Well, number one, the biggest part that we want people to understand is this is definitely a we thing. It's about community coming together and making sure that they know we all have value and we need to show our girls that we stand behind them. So with our International Day of the Girl, of course, we have various sponsors. We have U.S. Venture. They, yes. they come along and said, yes, we're all in. Um, we're working with Better Family Life. We're working with the YWCA. Of course, the Missouri History Museum is totally saying we are a space for us to learn our history. So if you want to volunteer, we're, we definitely, when we do our, our, um, our summit, yes. it's the next step, it's 2020 for us to travel. So we need that sponsorship. So if there are women leaders and business owners who want to stand behind this vision, contact us yes. through our website. Um, everything is out there. Of course, we talk about positive social media, so we have to show everybody how to use it. <laughs> yes. Without a doubt. Okay, we're going to pause there. When we come back here on The Pulse, we're going to get the final thoughts from our ladies who've joined us today. So many important topics that they're covering. We'll hear a final word from them. That is when The Pulse of St. Louis returns. We'll be right back. And before we leave you, a final word from each of our panelists. 
So definitely, if you're interested in being a part of the Sister Keeper I Define Me movement, follow us on social media. If you have a 7th through 12th grade girl, contact us because we have circles every first Friday. Schools, contact us. Community, contact us. But make sure that you find a way to stay connected and know that no one defines you but you because I definitely define me. Yes, you, do. you define you? I definitely do. How so? <laughs> Well, I define myself with everything that I pour into myself, I'm able to pour out to other people, especially young people. 2020 is the perfect vision. It's a time to look into yourself and give back to the community positively. Jazz? Definitely. I definitely define myself as a light. I love to be just that positive ball of energy that can empower wherever I am. So that's why I'm super glad to be a part of Sister Keeper and the Summits. And I'm super excited to just be and see what else is coming with us. Again, we want to thank you all for your time. Thank I think you. you're doing incredibly important work. Uh, our youth, be they male or female, the demographic that you are leading, we need those people so much to guide this world as we continue to move on. Continued success to you. For more information, you can head over to our website, kplr11.com, as well as fox2now.com, to get more information on the wonderful work that you are doing. Thank you. And we thank you for joining us this week. If you missed any part of the show, you can download the Pulse of St. Louis podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores. And remember, for news 24-7, check out the free Fox 2 and News 11 apps. For Shirley Washington, I'm Mike Colombo. We thank you for joining us for the Pulse of St. Louis.